0: Hey guys, it's Jack here. Big, massive shout out to our Patreons. So these guys are the guys who donate for the editing and they really do make a huge difference to keep the show alive. Uh, we've been sponsored by Art Faulkner, Ferdy Evers, Mikey Dredd and Underfluke. These guys are absolute legends. Thank you so much and see you next show. <laughs> Let's drone out now. Should we just sit here for the whole two minutes? We're waiting for you. No, no, no. well, you know, they're getting getting extra content, you know? Are we live?
1: uh, We are now live. Yeah, but we are. That's live in the upper upper right-hand corner of the screen. That means we're we're live.
2: We're freaking people out because we're actually early.
1: That's because I'm here, and I'm a freaking... I'm going to tell you guys the honest truth... I, I forgot all about that I agreed to do this. I had a vague sense that something was happening on Thursday, but I didn't actually put it on my calendar, which was a big mistake. And then I'm sitting down going, okay, I'm going to get this video produced before I then will go on a date with my uh, my spouse. And then I was like, oh, right. I said I would do, let's drone out on Thursday. When, what, what time am I doing that? Well, it turns out it was 20 minutes from then. So the good <laughs> news is here we all are, but uh, any claim I have to, being the reason we started on time, no.
0: Oh
2: dear. <laughs> There's Andy RC as well. Right, let's, from the top, Jack, let's go. We're early. We're freaking everyone out. Let's go.
1: Do the intro, Jack. Curry kid. I'm going
2: gonna
0: gonna so to do the intro. Go for it, everyone. Do you know the intro? No. <laughs>
1: what,
0: what do you say for the intro? Hello and welcome to another episode
3: <laughs> of Lecturing Out. But, but try not to oversell it like Jack
1: does. Pretty much more, pretty more much like that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out. I love it. Americans
3: trying to do English accents is one of the funniest things than watching I'm, the dogs try and speak.
1: I'm actually with enough practice, I'm actually I'm not good at accents per se, but if you give me a sentence, I can mimic the accent I c I'm I'm like a parrot. I couldn't create new speech in an accent convincingly. But if you give me like one sentence, I can I can say it with enough repetition. Uh, So
4: usually when somebody does like uh, an English accent, they they put words in like Tallyho and (laughs) and things that we we like, things that we never actually
1: say. I say
3: say Tallyho. This is the Dick Van Dyke (laughs) school of English accents. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh don't did you know did you know he was so embarrassed about how but he didn't know that his his cockney in mary poppins was as bad as it was he thought he was doing a good job and later he got so much flack for it that he actually turned down i forget the role but he turned down a prominent role because it would have required him to do an english accent or or did he do it just with an american accent and say this, fuck this,
4: uh, this is dick van dyke is it we're yeah talking
1: about yeah I have you know, no idea. Call cool, no blimey, Mary Poppins and all that. You need to, you need to go watch Dick, Mary Poppins. He has the least convincing Cockney accent <laughs> in all of recorded history.
2: Yep, agreed. Anyway, go, Jack. Intros.
1: He did it. No, I tricked him into doing it. Did you? Did I catch that? We, are, Josh,
0: we are joined tonight by.
2: You're waiting for Josh to say that, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah. I'm yeah, Joshua Bardwell. It. You're not going to learn anything at all. Because <laughs> as much as I try to bring a little intellect to the room, all oh, these yahoos are... Uh, Andy, you're all right. Oh,
4: uh, uh, he, uh, he, knows, he knows me. You need to know, his
0: full title, Andy RC. <laughs> nobody,
4: knows know, nobody knows us over here. We're, we're on this little you just, I-, I, I know island. you're... Re-
1: your red bedspread—that's what I know.
4: It's, per- <laughs> it's purple
0: now. I got, I got sure. a red bedspread from pretending to be Andy R C. Mm-hmm. Now I I'll
4: change, be- I change it up. It goes purple now sometimes, and people got got very mad when I changed the colour of it. But oh my god! Is <laughs> What it can you do?
0: Like, I don't understand that. Anyway, Josh, I go. Hello, welcome to another episode of Let's Hello Out. And then I say,
1: welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out.
0: And then I say, tonight we are joined by, tonight we are joined by,
2: uh, (laughs) that's quite good.
0: I didn't hear it. Andrew slash Frank.
1: Andrew slash Frank. Good evening. Andy RC. Andy RC. Hello.
0: Our guest tonight, Joshua Bardwell.
1: Our guest tonight, Joshua Bardwell. (laughs) (laughs) uh, hello (laughs) and my little Tony or should I say cheerio yeah
4: (laughs) that's the other one cheerio I've never said cheerio Cheerio.
0: (laughs) 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 Welsh people do on the phone
1: Wensleydale
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 and then uh, and then uh, uh, my my little Tony,
1: Josh. My my little Tony, bonjour,
0: and everyone's favorite curried kitten,
1: and everyone's favorite curried kitten. So oh, I'm no. back in my own accent now. Kurt I kid. think this I is the
4: longest <laughs> intro I've ever seen with five minutes it's in. A
1: good thing early, we know. it's it? a good thing we started early.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. We well, wanted to do the intro. I'll just do it.
1: May maybe
3: we words. should try making just say
1: the right words. Like, can you say soldering and aluminium? Soldering and aluminium. I can't say those things, but I don't know why. I don't know why I would. Now the soldering thing, I think you have some room to argue. But the aluminium, I actually feel, is a little bit less cut and dried because aluminium was actually the first, the first thing that it was called. No, it aluminium was it was both. He, he he used both terms. I'm just saying, he used both that. aluminium. There's a reason it was selected, but uh, I mean, I feel like history is a little bit on my side so, here. So,
4: so, so, why, why is solder okay though? I, I'm interested in because because I agree, because but I want to know your opinion. Solder.
1: Look, here's what it comes down to: you can make all the arguments you want about, a, a, you know, a medieval French pronunciation, but the bottom line is that Americans pr- pronounce words however the hell we want, mm-hmm. and as long if we do that for more than I'd about twenty or thirty years. Want. Then oh you with the oh, with the color. oh oh Mr. Color Mr. Color hang on hang on me, hang on <laughs> e- English right from England right <laughs> um, well, yeah but we that well, that's why we had the whole Revolutionary War no so you we had, could spell you it words you didn't exactly want to like we wanted
2: just you just didn't want, want to pay tax to us
3: you, you have the audacity to call
0: us lying. <laughs> <Lider. laughs>
3: The Yankee doodles. This, this is the argument of oh well, I speak American <laughs> English and you guys speak British English as opposed to <laughs> no,
0: we just speak English, like English,
1: English.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, I've well, got. I'm, a, I'm I've happy got to an ca- actual question for Josh. Let's stop. I'm on. happy to call
1: it American. I'm happy to call it American. We don't even like you guys. I don't know why we would call it English. Why are we going to call it American? Our
2: best we're going to take
1: the we're going to take the A. I just mean we as a country. I don't mean personally. You guys are awesome. We're gonna take the "a" right off it. We're gonna just call it Merkin. <laughs> the, the more the more vowels you remove from a word, the more manly it is. Now, now, for example, uh, you know, hang uh, on,
4: isn't a Merkin? That's, <laughs> that's a pubic wig. Isn't that a, isn't that a yeah
1: wig? Wig? What's wig? a pubic
2: a pubic wig? Is a Merkin?
1: Yeah. American, that is true. Actually, that is true. I do. I'm aware of that. Uh, they were they were worn by prostitutes in times when.
2: Uh, Whoa. Oh, oh, this <laughs> okay.
1: No, this is true. No, you,
2: pubic, we're going to learn something today. Carry it's on. It's a
1: pubic American American M U R K I N is a pubic wig. Uh, in times when hygiene was not what it is today, a prostitute might want to conceal the nature of her bits, and uh, they would shave them. And that would help keep all the, keep them Lines. clean. I and, would yes. argue
4: that. And then that they, would the worse today. they would put the merkin on. you would put
1: the merkin on and it would hide any lesions. Crabs. Crabs, yeah. <laughs> that is a thing. But you, um, I, called me. I feel like Americans who pronounce the name of our country like that would not appreciate that comparison. No,
2: I don't either. <laughs> I don't know why it was brought up. Can I ask yeah. you a question from the chat? You may. You may, Ash, you may. Ash from droning on. Come on, let's let's get serious now. Ash from droning on said, um, uh, "Can you ask Joshua what the make and model of his camera that he's using right now? Because it's looking good."
4: I wanted to ask that because uh, we all look shit. I, I Josh looks good. I, I, look, I yes. He
1: exactly. probably looks something like this. Hold on. Hang on. Here we go, Ash. You probably look something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. about right. Yeah. Hang on.
4: Ooh. Do you know what though? Do you know what though? Curry kitten has got a really nice camera setup as well. Yeah. I, I, I I wonder if there's been some copying going on there. Wayne, are you there or are you frozen? You look frozen. I'm here. Wayne, up. what camera do you use? Not now, but for your videos because I'm I'm like I need that setup. I use this
3: Canon EOS M3. Uh, that, looks,
4: that, that looks way out of my budget. Because
3: <laughs> it has a flip up screen so you can see yourself. Mm-hmm. And it has That's an great. external microphone jack so I can put my, my mics up here above my
1: computer. I mount this That's, up there and film yep. myself. Oh, and cool. mine, is, mine is a Lumix, Panasonic Lumix G85 which I also got because I got it because Drew recommended it to me, LeDrib. Um, And it also, it has a flip out screen. So for vloggy stuff, it's great for shooting on the bench. It's great. Cause you can, I actually have an external monitor back on the bench. You can kind of see it right there ish, but mm-hmm. um, you can actually see it. If you don't have an external monitor, the one thing about the G85 is that it has absolutely crap. Autofocus. It's crap. Yeah. It's almost useless. But for bench stuff and even for vloggy stuff, if you have it in face tracking mode, it does okay. But then if you, like, obscure your face or if you have sunglasses on, it's out the window. So you kind of have to shoot in fixed focus most of the time. And occasionally you do get, like, an, a shot that's out of focus. But for, it's it's an okay camera.
4: So are it's you okay. using that now to live stream as well?
1: Yeah. I have an HDMI capture card that lets me basically treat it as if it was oh, a webcam. Man. See, this, yeah. this,
4: is, this is why you have
1: this to subscribe. is a as, setup, isn't it? Yeah, I'm... What I'm, I'm, capture just, cards are you using? So the capture card is an Elgato Cam Link. Uh, and the cool thing about the Cam Link is that a lot of HDMI capture cards use like proprietary drivers. And as a result, and this is true even for other Elgato capture cards, like I have the Elgato Game Capture, Yeah. You can't, you can't have more than one of them plugged in at a time. Because the drivers conflict. But the Elgato Cam link uses standard USB HID drivers and just shows up like a webcam. So basically you can have as many of them as your computer will support, which if you want to so it lets you actually use two or three at the same time if you prefer. That's why I like that one. And no, 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 no weirdo drivers. So hmm. it's about a hundred and twenty bucks right now, I think. From it's, it's Black Friday. Is it this mm. Friday? No, I don't Tomorrow? think so.
2: Next week. Is it? Jeez. Oh my gosh, know. you might
1: be right. When's Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, is it the 20 or the twenty second?
0: Over in this country we've got nothing to be thankful for. Everyone's just resigning from Brexit.
1: Mm. Well wait, you,
2: guys, wait, so you guys let's not even get into that tonight, please.
4: So so you have, so so you have your camera above your um uh, above your like monitor, do you, Correct. you ha- and, and then and so that and then that plugs into uh, a capture device and then that go, that that's seen as like a webcam on your computer and gives you great quality
1: does it is that how yep. it, is that what yep. I'm the camera outputs hdmi the yeah. the reason it looks good i think is just that the camera and the lens are decent and i've tweaked the you know the contrast and stuff to kind of try and make it look decent but i think it's the quality of the camera that's that you're really seeing are you lighting yourself in some special way as well josh Yeah yep i have so i have um if you look behind me you can see i have basically the same lighting set uh over my monitors in fact if when if you go look at any of my videos shot from the bench you can see the lights over the over the uh monitors
2: sweet you look good uh shout out to Underflute who's just dropped 10 pound in the super chat thank you mate um richard warwick in the chat had an, a question um let me try i think i remember what he said um he said something like how's life going without the full-time job and now youtube is your full-time job
1: how's that panning well, out?" well i it i you know it, it's uh, i'm doing okay of course what everybody wants to know is am i about to be destitute and the answer to that is thankfully no thanks to uh all my well thanks to my patrons always thank the patrons You know, YouTube ad revenue goes up and down on any given month, Mm -hmm. but the Patreon is always there. I know you guys appreciate that, Um, and
2: you're you're a Patreon
1: to us, so thank you. uh, I, you know, everyone has been very generous to me, and I, uh, I have a policy of I will patronize almost anybody I find if I find out you exist and you have a Patreon, I'll give you five bucks a month now i'm going to be i'm going to be overwhelmed <laughs> with people I, who I... i've got i've got a patreon so that if i'm not patronizing you either you I, either i don't like you personally or i just haven't you know you just there's so much out there that it hasn't come across my radar so if you decide which it is
3: uh, that's fair i've met myself i don't like me <laughs>
1: um the one exception is I, I, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about Zoe FPV and her situation recently. Zoe Mm -hmm. FPV is a pilot. Most people probably know her. She, um, had a situation come up where her rent changed suddenly, or basically she lost her apartment. She couldn't afford it. And, uh, there was a, everybody was looking for ways to support her. And I actually subbed to her. I was just like, let's find a way to give her money. And I subbed to her at her. I just like, what's her highest Patreon level. It's a hundred bucks a month. Okay. So if anybody's looking and they're like I got 5 bucks, why did Zoe get a 100 bucks? It's cuz she was like literally homeless and it was just the easiest way for me to give her money. So, yeah. don't don't
2: think it. I I done the same but not as much. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I hope she gets well. She's 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 looking happy in. Uh, mm-hmm. She's looking happy in uh what does she call it? Boat of boat face or something? My, like Mr. Motorface boat, or something? Boat Mr. Yeah, that's yeah. it. She's she's looking like she's settled and naturally um yeah. going to enjoy herself. So and she's yeah. and she's getting some uh, jobs lined up as well. Some 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 real good jobs. Look, looking she's yeah, looking yeah. good. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for her. It's it looks it's exciting what she's been. I think.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who need, need help and support, obviously. And I know you guys keep your show going and you know that um and it's not always possible to help everybody, but in a case like that where somebody just comes right across your radar, we had just been at rampage, we've been hanging out together, and then she comes back from Rampage and she's about to be homeless. And I'm just like, what can you know? Mm. How, I do how can I how can I rectify this? I w- you know, you wanna you wanna help everybody. But yep. Anyway. So um yeah. That's – I'm doing okay. I work a lot more than I did when I had a day job. I literally – I just, there's no more weekends anymore. I mean, I, I don't don't want to give people the wrong impression that I'm like overworking, burning out. I really do enjoy it. And I do make sure I get time every day with my family. It's really nice to be able to, when you work from home, to be able to spend time, you know, with your son in the morning and then not have an hour commute <laughs> um, mm-hmm. like some people do. But but uh, I'm working way more than ever, trying to keep, you know, the quality of the videos up and not lose track of what made me successful in the first place but so far it's going pretty good
4: so what so good. what did you do before josh because you know i'm seeing videos
1: of you backing pigs into <laughs> into trailers <laughs> well, I've, and things. I've i've always had a history of crazy hobbies of which fpv is just the most recent and now that it's my day my whole job probably it'll stick around but like I, uh, I before I was into FPV, I did I I was a hobby welder. I learned to weld just because I thought that would be neat. Um, I we did we raised livestock for a while. Um, uh, pigs, sheep, uh, chickens, geese, not geese, ducks. We had those for a while. I tried like to buy a t- Tony
0: a chicken once. It didn't go down too, too well. <laughs> chickens are
1: great. Everyone, everyone who can should have chickens. There. Yeah, yeah, plenty such... room for chicken. They're such cool animals. They're really just fun to have around. They're so neat to. They're just cool to watch. They just kind of do neat things all day. Um, and they're very low maintenance, and they make eggs. But even if you know, they just buy yeah, a if he's
0: t- vegan. He won't eat it.
1: That's true. I
0: That's thought vegan. it'd be funny just to leave him them. to have a. But it was a cockerel anyway, so he didn't really lay like eggs.
1: <laughs> no, cool. they don't. They I don't. I called
0: him Little Tony.
1: You would be surprised as to how many people don't understand the very basics of chicken reproduction. They assume that if you don't have a rooster, then the chickens won't lay eggs. No, and the, they the, just the, won't the, get fertilized. Don't they the, won't be fertilized, that's right. Don't the
0: cockerel stick his dick in the egg rather than the female chicken?
1: No, not even... <laughs> um, e- yeah, well, there's a... Uh, You're there's <laughs> There's a, there's a part of the, part of the, uh, hen's anatomy called the cloaca, yeah. which is a tract of sorts, uh, which the eggs come out and a, a, he makes a deposit and the, uh, the female, the, the hen actually sort of stores his deposit. And as the eggs pass through, uh, they are yep. just sort of a bit is, is, uh, inseminated into the egg. And that's how that works. Pupite. But, uh, But if you don't have a rooster, she still lays. She still lays eggs. They're just not fertilized, which you really prefer. If you've ever cracked open a half-fertilized egg, it's it's uh, you learn a lot about a chicken. Definitely not
0: vegan. No,
1: no, none of this is vegan.
2: Changing the (laughs) subject. It's more of a chewy omelette than you
1: want.
2: Moving uh, swiftly on. uh, Story. story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did you like
1: flying the X class? Uh, It's amazing. I've got to tell you, I everybody sees X class, and a lot of people think, "What's the effing point?" It doesn't fly as well as a smaller quad. It's more expensive to crash. It's more dangerous. Why would you? Why would you go back four years to these big old quads that fly like crap? And the answer is something about it. it. It's something about it. it. Why is it more exciting to race in a real car? than to race uh, like an RC car or a video game. The Mm -hmm. stakes are higher and the power is there. It's like if you just rev like a giant V8 engine and it goes, and you're like, yes! (laughs) these big motors, these big props, these big quads. And and also the one that I flew was a 6S, which is the really good ones are like 12S, 10S. They're much higher and they're much higher performance than even the one I flew. So Catalyst Machine Works is actually working on a prototype X-Class frame, which if you know Catalyst Machine Works, you know it's going to be epic. And Neil Whiteley is going to do – he's working on a build, which if you know Neil Whiteley, you know he's not going to screw around. It's going it's to be amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to I – may, I may work with him to like get a prototype or maybe build one of my own. It was really fun. I want to see what happens when you get one that's like a 12 S or an 18 S or whatever that doesn't fly like crap. Cause I think it's, I just have to think twice about where I fly it. Cause you just don't want to take one of these things just to a park where you could take somebody's head off <laughs> like a mini quad. Mm.
2: That's scary. Uh, wow. Thank you. RDFPV just dropped $24.99 in the super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm flying 8s on my X class, and it makes such a gnarly noise. I love it. I actually really enjoy flying. Apart from um, a few yeah. seconds when you were flying 7s. Yes, <laughs> at the end of the pack. Yeah, I oh, know. I've yet to I've yet to test that pack. yet. Yeah. I'm I'm still worried, but I'm I'm taking it down to Curry Kittens on Saturday. So. We'll see what I, I think,
4: think I think the thing with these bigger quads as well, I mean, I talk about this all the time but it, uh, it, for it to be successful and continue, it needs to be more of a spectacle for spectators and the five inch you know, to, to do a, a five inch race safely, you have to be the spectators are, you know they're just seeing little flying dots, uh, you know and, and the the x-class you actually get to see something it's like it's like what you were saying before when you see like a a remote control car racing against a a formula one car it's more of a spectacle because there's there's more to see and funnily enough actually um i recently uh the 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 biggest um the biggest model i've done recently was a seven inch and i could not believe the the response that i got like the interest that i got from a bigger quad and yeah. i think that mm-hmm. i think there's something about that as well Is, is it yeah you, you know it's it's a very even though we're racing in groups of people um the only people having fun are the people looking through the goggles rather than the people standing at the side watching you know yeah
1: you know, i've 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 often felt that fpv is the ideal spectator sport because unlike a football game where you have to just sit in the stands and watch you can literally just put your goggles on and you can see the exact pilot's feed. And, uh, but the problem is that that only feeds that only serves other pilots who have goggles. It doesn't serve spectators very well, especially spectators who are not familiar with the sport. And so you show them an FPV feed and they can't really keep track of what's going on. So, but here's the thing that I learned that I took away from flying the X class, which is the argument it's good for spectators. Therefore it's good for the hobby is an intellectual argument, but it was actually fun to fly and exciting mm-hmm. and interesting, and and so as a pilot, I think if you're looking at X class, going, what's the freaking point? Maybe wait till you've flown one because when you when you fly it, you're like, ooh, this is kind of cool. I kind of mm-hmm. like it. So.
2: It is it is it is cool. I, I, well, I, do, I like it. I,
0: I've got a question for you because didn't you go to San, uh like the is it Shenzhen the uh, china races and they were using hd footage so i wasn't
1: there or something. i yeah. wasn't there oh i didn't go to that race the fai race in shenzhen recently i did not go there i did go to shenzhen a while back but not for that race
4: all i kept hearing was oh dji have nailed it with this so so i don't know whether they were doing i think, a they, were or... record-
2: I think they were recording on they had like a pod on yeah. the top so I don't think it, I think the feed was FPV. What the I've pilots seen DVR. Were using, and, yeah. the, and then I had another recording bit on top of it. That's that's what I saw. Thanks. I didn't saw a DVR. I see,
1: they were definitely doing analog FPV. Maybe they were also, I don't know what the pilots were flying, but I've definitely seen regular DVR.
4: Didn't I see a Joshua Bardwell video, though, that said no. HDFPV is impossible and will never happen?
1: It's never going to happen. <laughs> That's right. That's that's exactly that's exactly what I would say. Now I want to be fair. I want to be fair. What I the reason uh, people think I said that was because I used a thumbnail, the thumbnail from the movie Mean Girls, where one of the characters says it's a meme, basically, where one of the characters is trying to get a a, a buzzword started, and the other girl says, "Stop! That's not going to happen," but. If you actually dig into that meme that's deep, see, there's little nuggets here for people who are tied into meme culture. Because the because she's just being a hater. When she says, stop trying to make fetch happen, fetch is not gonna happen. She's just being a hater. It doesn't mean that fetch isn't gonna happen. That's the depth there. So when you say HD is not gonna happen, and here's all the reasons, it can't, it's not gonna happen. But actually, There's some truth to those reasons, but I'm also kind of just being a hater. And that thumbnail was my acknowledgement that these are obstacles that we have to overcome to make HD happen. And there's substantial obstacles, but it's really why hasn't it happened yet, which is the question people always ask. They always say, we could put a man on the moon. Why don't we have digital HD, wonderful video? And the answer is, here's why we don't have it yet. And once we overcome these things, which we inevitably will, then we'll have it.
0: I, I have never wanted my show to be on a Friday in the hope that Joshua Bardwell be, would be wearing pink Do I wear pink on Fridays? We wear
1: pink on Fridays Oh It's a Mean Wait. Girls reference <laughs> Oh I got, I got you, I got you yeah. Yes, Mean Girls, got it
2: Shout, shout out to Wynne Davis, just um, dropped £10 in the super chat. Thank you very much, he says. Thank you, lads, for all you do and putting on a fantastic show. You crack me up. Thanks, Wynne. Appreciate, so
3: so appreciate I had that. a question for Josh, and it leads on to what we were talking about in the past few weeks. As, as Josh is a guru of all things beta flight, our question is, has beta flight become too complicated for people coming into the hobby that – now, there's two aspects to this. You could say no, because if you run it default, it flies pretty good anyway. But if they want to go in and start fiddling, is it is it too much at the moment?
1: Well, I think Betaflight could be easier to use. I wish it was easier to use. And I don't mean things like air mode and PID tuning, which, as you point out, the defaults work very, very well. And you just don't have to even worry about them. But uh, I wish it were easier to use in terms of the setup, things like the receiver setup. Like it's, it's so hard for so many people to even get their receiver working because they don't know what UART to use. They don't know serial RX, SBUS, et cetera. And if you look at something like flight one with their setup wizards or the, even the Pegasus GUI for which runs, uh, which is done by the, mm, is it the Helio or the butterfly devs? I'm not sure, but these things have these wizards to help you do things like set up your channel mapping, your receiver, your motor order and your motor, uh, direction, and these are things that I wish were in beta flight. And whenever the beta flight devs are rest on these issues, their answer is boils down to, well, it's an open source project. Feel free to contribute those things. It's not like we're stopping them from being done. We're and it's worth remembering that all the beta flight devs are working for free in their spare time just because they love the project. Nobody's making any money out of this, unlike like Flight One, which they're selling a product and they're making money on the hardware. Um so when the beta flight devs say, "Well, we just um, don't it's... feel like doing that," then uh, so be it. And it would be great if we saw someone contributing this. But the GUI is not sexy, and the people who have the skills to write the wizards and stuff, all they don't perceive setting up beta flight as a problem. It's easy for them, so they're just not that interested in it, and that's why it hasn't been done. But yeah. is it too? It could be. I wish it were easier. Is the answer to your question?
4: I think we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago because um, I uh, one one thing I've noticed, especially like this year, and and going out and flying with people, going to events, is that people are frustrated with how much knowledge you have to have to to get into this. You know. Uh, you you know you have to if you want to be you know up up with the latest beta flight you have to go and read the latest every single day and you know you go into beta flight there's an expert mode and all it does is when you click it it turns on your fail safe options and what what i think what i think beta flight needs is this is like a proper simple mode that gets rid of all the feed forward yes yeah. uh, g- gives you simple pits but we took me i think was it wayne me and you talked about this beta flight really is is really it, it, it's it's called beta it's it's you know, originally to show what can be done. Yeah, and it's, it's
3: cutting edge because we talked about and perhaps you need to do a fork called Simple Flight, which is like it takes <laughs> yeah. it takes some bit of flight and you just like plug it in and it just says, well, hang the, on, configure it. Uh, it
0: well, works. I don't know, like what level, where do you draw the line? Because you could use someone like Tony as a baseline and all the GUI no, and need plug to it in, Tony. and there's a big button that just says work. in red and he clicks the work button and then it turns green and then he's it
1: to fly if you look at the kiss project you see some example of what happens when you try to do that because kiss was founded on keep it simple the idea that it's going to be simple but if you look at the feature creep in kiss since it first came out you'll notice that it's not still not as bad as Betaflight, but a lot of the things that were left out in the beginning kind of got crept back in because people needed them. So I think it's difficult to hold that line. Uh, another thing that makes it difficult is that Betaflight, there are literally like hundreds of – maybe not hundreds. I forget the number, but it's it's a huge number of boards. And so, when you talk about why can't we have wizards that auto configure stuff? Well, that's easier to do when you've got something like Flight One, where essentially you're the only manufacturer of the hardware, and all the hardware is, you know, the same underneath the hood, or maybe there's two or three variants. Uh, one of the reasons it's difficult to do that kind of thing, say the Betaflight devs anyway, is that the, the the target support they they have is there's just too many different boards. So,
4: so was was you checking out Flight One? 1- you becoming frustrated with beat a flight or just because I remember watching one of your videos and you said <laughs> the reason why I stick to beat a flight is because it's what it's what I know and it would take up too much time to learn kiss, to learn flight one so what was the thinking behind trying flight one and uh, moving away from beat flight because I'll tell you now, I, I got so frustrated with beat a flight that I went back to Kiss recently, and even though the biggest problem with KISS is all the serial number business. That That's the limitation of KISS. But actually, there's three screens in KISS that can get you going pretty easy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what was it for you that sort of thought, oh, I'll try this flight one? And are, are you considering KISS and other, other options now?
1: I, w- I would always like to try these other these other firmwares just so I have a sense of what's out there, you know, and don't get sort of pigeonholed. Um, personally, I mean, I know that as a content creator, I'm very much pigeonholed into flight and and so forth. That's just, uh, I mean, that's just what I I learned coming up. It's still the most popular by far. I actually did some uh, search research recently into Google Analytics, just looking at search results and what people were searching for. And flight is by far, by far more popular than the others. At least if search results are, are any indicator. Um, so there's not a strong motivation to move out of it. If Betaflight was in, for some reason, becoming much less popular then I would want to, I would want to go where the audience is, obviously. Uh, Or if there was some new firmware that had much, much better technology in some way, I might be more motivated. Um, it's challenging to make content. I don't want to make content about stuff that I'm not authoritative on. I don't want to just half-ass it and and in order to become knowledgeable and authoritative, it takes a big investment. I need to be the smartest guy in the room or close to it if I'm talking about. And with Beta Flight, I kind of am. But with Flight 1, I'm not. And I guarantee you if I make a Flight 1 video and I get a detail wrong, I'm going to get just jumped on to the nth degree. Nobody's going to be very forgiving if I make mistakes about Flight 1 or KISS. Maybe the KISS guys will be a little more forgiving. But anyway, so that's why when I sit down and scores. make a vi- when I sit down and make a video, you are. No, Kiss guys are. The Kiss people have never been hostile. I don't know what it is about Flight One, and it's not everybody, but something about the Flight One fans and, and to another to, to a similar degree the, the Butterfly fans, you know, there's some of them are pretty hostile. I don't Man, know I,
0: I've had death threats. I, I think my favorite one <laughs> on Race Flight was, You don't know what you're on about, I'm going to rip your dick off, or something like that.
3: Written.
2: But that's probably wouldn't, probably probably to wouldn't tell you.
4: Wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Was that
4: Tony though? Let's be fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the, the real reason I flew a race, and this is the God's honest truth, the real reason I flew a uh, Flight One rig, because I'm always like, oh, I'd like to fly it, but I don't have time to build it. I, I always have something else that's higher priority that I need to be building. And uh, somebody sent me, they lent me a quad. A uh, very nice guy lent me the Schizo Nova frame, Fraybot Motors flight one build and he said look i think i think it's pretty awesome i just want you to try it out and so i since it was just sitting there all i had to do was basically bind the transmitter i was like all right well give it a go
0: would that be the same if like someone sent you a kiss quad
1: sure i mean i'll give it a fly i'd love to try it out have you
4: ever have you ever flown kiss yeah.
1: Well, it was a long time ago. I mean, you can find it on my channel when it was, it was a long time ago. So I'm sure a lot has changed, but I, have, I would say, I, have I
4: would say I, I've done it recently and I would really recommend checking it out because there is not, there is literally no, uh, if you, if you know, Beat a fly as well as you do, uh, kiss is just, it, it, it's so easy. Um, and, uh, I'd be interested to know, uh, what you think about it because it flies different it it yeah. just
1: flies something about something about the way the rates are or people used to conjecture that it was because of the current limiting in the escs it changed the esc's response curve it sort of smoothed off some of the voltage spikes which meant that the, the motors responded smoother i don't know if that's true but yeah i've always thought that kiss has a very unique feel uh and i, I will say that sim one has a very unique feel which some have compared to kiss kind of Kind of you know, loose but tight, uh, I think is the word somebody used, and I was like, yeah, no, I get that. that's kind of how it feels. um it's a very it is sort of locked and precise. I'm talking about sim mode here. I haven't flown kiss recently uh is it is locked and precise without feeling stiff. it is responsive to the stick movements without feeling sloppy, and it's very it's a very interesting combination, and I, I very much liked it when I did fly it. That being said. It wasn't like people people expect the new stuff to be perfect. No prop watch. Everything is perfect forever, and I mean it has its limitations, like anything. You know, you still have to tweak the tune a little bit. On the quad I had, it was it was very good. It wasn't like revolutionary perfect, but I definitely see the appeal.
4: Yeah, K- Kiss needs an on-screen display, light like be a flight like S- SPI yep. built in. And it needs to be cheaper. And if they did that, I think it'd be the leader. You can
0: you can still okay. mark you your OSD,
1: but such a pain in the ass it is, though.
4: It's a pain it's a such a pain. Once it's set up, it's amazing. And I, I prefer it to beat a flight, actually, the the, the the OSD, but it's a you have you have to uh disconnect the 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 connectors to and you have to uh, flash the config file, set it up, and then flash another. And then it, it's an absolute mess. If they could figure that out, uh, do, I, do think, you still I think have they
0: to, could. Do you still have to disconnect the 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 ports on the Q32? Yeah, like, now yeah got you
2: do. Because now
0: you've OSD pass through, haven't you? No.
4: No, you have no. to disconnect. No, if you, if you
2: or, use the Wolf, it's all right. But the... Um, yeah the the other one was uh, is,
4: again uh, so you know, it, it's it's a rebranded minimo sd which you know was mm-hmm. 2 years ago for beta flight so that that's yeah. that's that's kiss's biggest problem but it
1: flies superb and so, and i think i think if you look at any of them people people are like this is the best and if you look at any of them, it's easy to forget that there's more at stake than just the pure flight handling, unless you're like just a, a racer and that's all you care about is your lap times. There's things like the price, which KISS loses on price. Um, uh, there's things like uh, the variety of boards. Like, for example, if you don't like uh, the Revolt you know, board, if you don't like their hardware design for any reason, then you're kind of out of luck with Flight 1. Although I have heard they started supporting the Pyro Uh, F4 OSD, so maybe they're branching out into other hardware. That should be interesting because their development resources, Flight 1, they have have relatively limited development resources, I feel. I mean, I don't know how many guys they have on their payroll, but it seems like the way that they struggle to... uh, well, fix bugs and release new features. It seems like it takes them a while to do that, and it feels like they don't have a ton of developers on board. That's just my opinion. So, if you you know, everybody has a different pro and a different con. Betaflight has a massive variety of hardware available at any price point you prefer, and they have relatively large developer base and 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 user base, so you get a lot of testing. But they're not always the most cutting edge in terms of things like you know, flight one had like launch mode first, so everybody's out there and they're all doing their thing and it's all good. Andy, I have, I have a question that I want to propose to you. Oh, Um, go for it. It has to do with this little guy. I got, I got
4: in a lot of, I got in a lot of trouble because I, uh, and now, why
1: did you get? Yeah. Why did you get in trouble?
4: I I I like to do news videos to, to keep people updated of things that are coming. And I, I, I got sent, uh, like information about the tiny Hawk uh, as I'm sure you did like way before. And, um, uh, I am friends with Brendan and I couldn't get in contact with Brendan. He was on holiday. So I just thought, I'll oh, screw it. I'll announce the tiny Hawk. And, uh, yeah, it, they weren't happy
1: but uh sorry but what oh, that's the, that's actually i didn't mean to pick on you about it. i didn't actually know you did you did that uh but uh, well, i wanted to ask you because if i remember right in your review of the tiny hawk you said basically there's no reason to buy a tiny whoop anymore am i right about that um
4: no no i didn't say that no you i didn't say that no no i don't i, I
0: don't i don't Joshua sends a time stamp.
4: I, I, don't, I don't see it I don't see it as a tiny whoop I'm really confused about I'm really confused about the whole tiny whoop phenomenon at the moment so uh, Didn't
3: you say it was like this is more of a sports hall racing thing than an indoor in your house type quad so it's not Yeah it's not so, so replacement.
4: I, I anticipated that coming into winter we would get a load of tiny whoops for flying indoors but what we have got is a bunch of tiny whoops are flying outdoors? 2S models, not, yeah. not 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 the not the not the tiny hawk because actually the the tiny hawk flies awesome indoors. I didn't think it would actually, but it flies great in the house, even in a small house. But I agree. We've, but we've got these models: uh, the Mobulus Seven, uh, the the Beta Beta, F- Se-
1: Beta Seventy Five.
4: Yeah, and I'm like, it's I, I don't know. I mean. I can only speak for myself where it's, it's barely a, a, above one degree uh, in temperature here. And I don't want, you know, for me, a tiny whoop is for where it's nice and warm in the house. And, and when we've got 35 degree camera angles it and two S I'm like, you know, what is that for this time of year?
1: Um, I'm- I feel so, the same way. I feel the same way about him, and I'm going to have to go back and look uh, because I've I've obviously mixed you mixed your video up with somebody else's. I'm sure the people in the comments are like, "No, that wasn't Andy. That was so and so." I apologize for that.
4: Do not but, worry, because is, <laughs> I'm the same as you. You don't. You do not have time to watch other people's <laughs> videos when you're doing this
1: but i agree with you those uh, i see that and i'm i've got a couple on the way i've got the mobula on the way and i've got a beta 75 on the way and i'm gonna try them out and give them a fair shake but i feel the same way that what really made i did not like micro quads for the longest time and what really made tiny whoops sort of open up for me was setting up some race gates in my living room having like five of my mates come over uh, uh, mates <laughs> and, uh, we just sat around and we ate pizza and, 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 and flew and raced tiny whoops. And it was a blast. And I was like, I see, I get it because whenever I had a micro quad before I'd take it outside and I'd try to fly it and it would be underpowered and handle like crap. And it was no fun. And, and then you, you so you, you, if you get a micro quad, like a 2S tiny whoop, uh, it's, I feel like it's gotta be too fast for the inside. And once you get it outside, I feel like it's got it. You're going to just wish you were flying like a even a two-inch quad is going to two and a half inch is going to be so much better outside than a than one of these little two S. Whoops! Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I
3: I think there's perhaps a case for versatility there. Something you can fly indoors and outdoors. I mean, it's kind of like jack-of-all-trades and master-of-none, so it's a, a bit of a trade-off that you can do both. It just doesn't do either of them particularly well, but you don't have to buy two quads, so you could argue that's the case. Yeah. I've got yet yeah, another one. This is the GT, tin, tiny GT7 from...
4: Oh, yeah. my, mine of that turned up today too, but we're in the... I, I find that we always get them the same time because we're in the same country, but but yeah, yeah, King Kong have, have stepped in with that as well my my conclusion of the the 2s whoop was was this um really the the only uh, like like josh says you can get a, a two inch or three inch and it'll run rings around these tiny whoops outdoors however um they they are the fact that they've got the ducts Mm-hmm. And and that they're lightweight and actually they don't have much power, they have too much power for indoors and not enough power <laughs> for outdoors. But if you're a beginner and you're worried about hitting property, hitting people, then you're not gonna do any damage. So to me, that but it's a really niche a niche thing but that was my that was my conclusion that they're they're safe but but there there are better options
1: i think i could see it i could see it you could i'm trying to think and about what you're saying here and find the right niche for them like i've seen footage of flying uh you know doing stuff like zorro does where he's kind of doing gorilla whooping what does he call i forget what he calls a name for it but he'll fly around public places and annoy people and 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 in a case like that you could be in a a relatively open place where you appreciate the additional speed and power of the 2S but you're not trying to do acro stuff you're just trying to sort of rip around a little bit uh i could see that maybe
4: yeah and uh, also the 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 last thing as well um which again is a really niche thing because not many people have this but i recently joined a uh, a club that rent out a sports hall so like yeah you know, and what and if you if you set up, uh, you know, tiny whoop gates that they are superb for that. But again, most people just want to fly in their house. So, again, it's a really niche thing and I've been really surprised at it. But but that's what's going on at the moment. Two S whoops. And um, but I like the tiny hawk. I think uh, indoors, it's fine. And outdoors, it doesn't have the power. Um, but but you can fly it and it flies i think it i don't know whether it's the maytech uh components but it is the smoothest of the lot i found um
1: yeah uh, i i made the analogy to a volkswagen bug because as as good as the tiny hawk is and i do think it's good there's just something about the tiny whoop form factor that's just so cute and you just look at it and you go, Oh, that's my tiny whoop. And in the same way that people love the Volkswagen bug, even though in any in any given respect it's not the best car. I uh, like I feel like there's a sentimental attachment to tiny whoops that's gonna make it hard to overcome, although this is a this is a pretty good quad. And uh,
4: I, I like what's... how consistent they are. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah it, it,
4: ever since ever since Brandon uh took over um, with with the whole thing, everything's been a hit, hasn't it? The the uh, the the Hawk Five, the Baby
1: Hawk. Oh god, Emacs is kicking ass! Yeah, because,
4: because they they released some actually not so great uh, models. I think I'm trying to yeah. think. Uh, the Nighthawk. Like, the, I was going to say the Nighthawk, the very first Baby Hawk, and then I think when they started giving it to pilots in the US,
1: that's really mm-hmm. when it took the off. The Hawk. The hawk. I was so prepared to, to dislike the hawk because ready to fly quads are usually at best acceptable. You know, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, not bad. But um, for all- the price, the hawk is so good. The hawk is is such an amazingly good flying quad. It's so well designed. There's almost nothing to complain about about it. I found a few things in my review, but overall, it was just an absolute winner. And then you've got the Baby Hawk, uh, the Pro with the with the 2.5 inch uh arms and the, the higher kV motors, at the, and and now the night the, the Tiny Hawk. Yeah, Emacs is really doing something yeah. right with the, the ready to fly. Uh,
0: the original Nighthawk was absolute garbage. I hated the ESCs on it, I hated the um, the bottom, like basically the the bottom plate. Do
4: you remember the first one? The yellow one are you talking about?
0: No, the the black carbon
4: fiber one. Yeah, but they, they, they didn't get, it was, it was, it was back it, in the day. It was from China before they got, you know, uh, proper, you know, pilots involved and tuned them and said, no, actually, this is what we want. And the the, the Hort 5 now, I think, um, I think Brandon said like, oh, it's been out, a, it's been out a year and oh. it's it's still... Yeah, that yellow, that yellow So one. bad, so <laughs> bad.
1: I actually think they sent me one of these to 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 test. I can't remember what happened with it. I don't think I ever reviewed it.
4: Yeah, I reviewed, I, review, I, reviewed it. I reviewed it, I reviewed it. It was okay. The thing, what you have to remember is, it was a long time ago, and things things was. And things have moved on quite a bit from then yeah. as well, as in technology yeah. wise, e, ESE. So I'm not gonna hate on
1: them too much, but uh, no they're 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 kicking ass and and they're re- relatively respond I mean we're just turning into an Emacs love fest now. I'm not sure how interesting this is for the viewers but but like I, I love that in their in the baby Hawk they started with the magnum stack and it didn't have smart audio, so you had to push the button, which annoyed me and um, now in the baby Hawk R Pro VTXS smart audio good for you yeah yeah may-
4: maybe we there. need a maybe we need a Hawk 5 pro. And that's all I'm gonna say I'm, on that. I'm sure that's like it's gotta it's gotta
1: be coming, right? Be, ca- be, be
4: careful be because you'll get in trouble. <laughs> I constant. don't
1: I don't know anything, so I can't I can't reveal anything. But I mean if you just look at what Emacs has done, they, you know, it's stands to reason that okay. a version of the hawk with an upgraded stack is coming. It stands I, to reason. I don't know anything
4: either.
1: <laughs> okay. It's the beauty it's like people say to me, Can you keep a secret? And I say no. <laughs> so please yeah. don't tell me any information you need me to can I tell you something about Andy? no I mean you can, but I'm probably going to repeat it
2: I okay. could tell you I could do stuff about him but i'm not going
4: i want to i want to ch- change the subject a little all bit right. and i know i'm sorry i'm t- I, I always do this um a lot I, I take over all of the questions um but what what, you what
1: lawn one,
2: mower then? have you got?
4: <laughs>
1: he's not, on, he's got it. What what do you got, Andy?
4: My my I I have to I have this worry that at the moment that we're in that we we have hit a lull in this hobby. Um, in that you know, when any I get something for review, it's like just a a, a repackaged version of of something else and i can i kind of i i have asked i said this to a lot of guests as well and i'd like to know what your opinion is on it where do you think i mean do do you agree do you think that we've hit like a plateau in in technology and if so what is it going to take for uh we could around about End of 2016, 2017, there was a huge explosion of people interested in this stuff. And now I kind of feel like that it, it, it's leveled out because we're not seeing uh, any, we're not seeing uh, HD, uh, FPV, uh, we're, we're getting four minute flight times. And uh, d- do you think that we've hit a lull and do you think that um, sure. there's a way out of it?
1: Yeah. So the first, it's very interesting to ask that question right now. I, I just had a conversation with Chad Capper about this recently, and he has a video, which I'm going to refer you and, and the other viewers to here on my screen. Uh, it's on his channel. It's called The Hype Cycle. And um, The Hype Cycle refers to, uh, it's a it's a concept by, I think, Gartner, would, um, the essence of the hype cycle is that any new technology starts with this big surge of interest where everybody is excited about it. And you get a lot of speculators, a lot of people decide that they want to get into it. And what eventually happens is that there's then a contraction, which, in which a lot of the people who like, weren't able to make it or didn't understand it or weren't serious about it fall out. And and that contraction, if you don't understand the nature of the cycle, can look like oh the industry's dying, but it's actually an essential uh, sort of balance to the overhype that inevitably comes with any new technology. And then after that sort of contraction, you get sort of steadiness after that. And and Chad's position is that we're in that contraction phase now. And you go, oh, all these companies, they're going out of business. That's because there were too many to begin with. And, and it was more than maybe could be supported. And now there's this contraction. There's going to be some sort of thinning of the herd. And that, and that then we'll find out. The point is that we don't know what FPV and RC is going to be like. We don't know what the technology is going to look like. And we don't know who the users and customers are going to be. We only know who got it started but it's going to be different in two years, but it doesn't mean it's going away. Um, you're, I think you're right that there's contraction. Um, as far as the technology goes, I think it's normal that we would see this refinement in technology. So we started, what do we start with for cameras? There were security cameras, there were backup cameras. And there was a lot of room to take that technology and very cheaply and easily refined it into something better. If you look at flight controllers, you know what we've done with the hardware, we haven't created anything revolutionary with the hardware. We're using off-the-shelf chips that are used in cell phones and other stuff, and we've just figured out more efficient and more effective ways to put that stuff into a package. But the mar- the FPV market as a whole is not enough to justify creating new technology from whole cloth. And that's why in my video about why digital high def FPV will never, ever, 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 ever happen. The gist of it is that as long as the market is small, we don't warrant anybody creating solutions just for us. Some people have responded to that video and said, what about 5G? When 5G cellular comes out, it's going to have sub millisecond latency and five gigabits per second. And we'll just do FPV over 5G to which I say, great. But that will not be a solution that was invented for FPV. Once again, we will be luckily tagging along in a solution that was invented for someone else. That's fortunate, but that doesn't sort of speak to the essence of our market. So yeah, we're contracting. The fact that our technology has not taken any leaps and bounds simply means that we've sort of squeezed most of the essential and easy refinements out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason we're not seeing new, new sort of groundbreaking leaps is because we're just not big enough a market to demand that, to cause that to happen mostly. Um, but the way we become that market is that we get through this contraction. We sort of figure out who we are and then we sort of begin the slow, steady growth. It's like whenever you start a diet, the first thing you do is you lose eight pounds in the first week and you go, this is great, but then it slows down and then you figure out, well, am I going to lose the weight or am I going to gain it all back? And that's kind of where we're at. We had that big spurt, and now we're having the contraction, and then it's a, that's, that's a necessary step.
4: The, the, this, is yeah, why, this is why I think things need to get easier in order for that excitement to come back. I, I think, like whether it's beta flight or whatever, the setup needs to be easier. <laughs> but one thing that concerns me now is all of this long range stuff the R9, the, the crossfire. We're, we're talking able to fly miles but we're doing it with many quads that have no redundancy and I yeah. think that, I think there's still room there I think um, and uh, you know I, I talked to NJ Tech it, it, it is a chap that comes on here oh you know you know NJ Tech sure, uh, you, you've seen his videos um, he's he's experimenting at the moment with sticking GPS using the the new uh, GPS options in Betaflight, and I think I think that is something that just as a you know I'm not saying we need to be flying a GPS, but if all goes wrong, flick a switch and yeah. and you can uh, and your you quad will fly fly back to you. And I'm hoping that's something that um, beco- becomes a thing with, with you know the long range uh, sort of thing. And I think that would spike a bit of uh more interest is uh, you know people you, you can pile a $1000 into a quad i i've i've got a friend who did that he flew it in angle mode and uh because there wasn't enough angle um on it <laughs> uh, the wind blew it away he he didn't know yep. acro mode he, it, it flew away and never to be seen again um i'd love to see some gps Uh, options small small gps uh units are uh, you know for redundancy and i think uh that's my personal opinion and i think that would um you know make people feel a bit more safe in their investment because the amount of people that i uh just recently i was flying with a guy he lost his copter in a field and he said that's it i'm done and he, we've not heard off him again for. A where was of his
3: redundant power beeper? Come on, how many <laughs> uh, videos do I have to make
4: about this? He they're no good. They're no good. Those beepers. They, they come, come on. Beep. Like, if the oh, battery comes out, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, but if it's flown two miles away and you don't know where it is, well, it doesn't matter how loud. I don't it think beeps, cross, does it?
2: Crossfire was really for that. For the five inch, was it? It was like it's for penetration.
4: Yeah, oh, but people are using loves it for a bit that of penetration. People are using it for that. Jack Jack himself is trying to fly out to some windmills that are miles you know, away. Sh- sh-
3: stop talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we will know about your problem. little, I'm going to fly out to it's, there and back it's down. It's all right.
4: They're in visual line of sight. Anyway, this is yeah, the can see thing. them with binoculars. It's the last question I'm going to ask now. But Josh, do you agree? Do you think GPS needs to be in in the mini quad world as a redundancy? Well,
1: I mean that just depends on how far you're flying. You know, i i uh, it depends on what you're doing. I'm glad Betaflight has GPS support as a backup for people. Uh, in my opinion, the if you're doing any kind of long range, long gish range, then then that's just essential. Otherwise, you just dump the quad in somebody's yard, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad it's there, but for, I mean, do, do racers need it? No. No. Do freestyle pilots flying around no. a bando need it? Probably not. You know, for freestyle, I could see the advantage of having loiter, you know, or even uh, even return to home, just being nice. But, you know, it's nice that it's there. I don't think it's essential.
2: Can, how can anyone fly in your backyard?
1: <laughs> on liftoff simulator, liftoff simulator, you can fly in my backyard. Well, alternatively, can we just turn up and start flying? <laughs> it's possible. I mean, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, it, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> yeah. my address so can, is not a secret. So
2: you can fly in your backyard now. That is pretty cool.
1: Liftoff on Steam, yeah. Um, they I, all that happened was I said, "Hey guys, do you want to do you want to model my yard?" And they said yes, and then you know they dropped everything and like six weeks later, eight weeks later it had been done. So it's wonderful. I love it.
4: Maybe I uh I, try, I tried I tried this I tried the same thing, but apparently just the dog shit bin isn't that interesting <laughs> to fly
0: around. <laughs> I, was I wouldn't really you drop it drop stuff
3: for very long. I think you send them an email. Just how convenient is it to be
1: able to not even have to walk out your door and be able to fly (laughs) and yet and yet i probably fly less than two days a week because i'm so busy with making videos and answering questions i could fly it's like i literally could just step right out the door and fly and so often i don't it's kind of pathetic honestly
2: (laughs) i haven't flown for two weeks this saturday coming it'll be two weeks
1: that's because the weather's been crap and we have to we have to travel to to find yep. a place where we can go. Uh, you know, chose to live in a place with crap I weather. I
2: never chose any of I it.
1: I chose I chose to live somewhere where we mispronounce solder, and uh, and you chose to live somewhere with uh, bad weather. So we, know, never, we, we have, never
4: we never we never talked to, we never talked about that. Why 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 do you agree with so, solder? I'll tell you why I think. S- uh, soda is wrong because if you move the, if you
1: remove the al it's not soda it's soda you're trying to make it logical pronunciation, <laughs> no, 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 no. pronunciation of, of, of English and American words has never made any damn sense it's completely inconsistent I mean we have this mishmash of roots from French and German and Latin and all that everywhere It's no reason to assume that it should ever make sense that's just how we say it it's how we say it. If you show up at a, you know, an electronics shop and you say solder, they'll look at you like you're a weirdo. And two weeks, you won't say it that way anymore. And that's how we, uh, re- you know, propagate our culture.
4: I've I've started saying soda in my videos, and you would not believe how angry people get. <laughs> you should you should really <laughs> be glad. here's
1: here's here's the argument I'll make as a closer on that. You should be glad we say it differently because, as I said, things like pronunciation. Things like the size of our pint glasses are how we propagate our culture, but also how we define our culture as distinct, right? And and if we all said solder the same way, then our, we would have a one step closer to English and American culture being the same. And I think we all agree neither of us wants that.
3: Yeah,
2: but you are all from where we are from. Is it, is it
3: just me, but if you had to go into an American store, would you have to do air quotes and say, I'd like some soda, please? <laughs> I, they'd figure it out. They'd, just to they'd, make they'd sure that
4: say, you were doing it wrong. I say sodding soda, and I think that's why people get <laughs> angry. Me. Well,
2: I, I hate to be the uh, the, the blanket, but uh, I do believe we have to let uh, Josh go off to his date night. Oh, I don't you know. Re- the babysitter oh,
1: even here yet. <laughs> he I, I, so. I assume so. Oh, oh Thank you guys oh, for having I'm me. It.
2: Thank you very much. For being very. I've good really,
1: I've you. really hang on. I've really enjoyed this.
2: Yeah, you say that. <laughs> <just somewhere>. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, do you want to sign us out?
0: Uh, no, I think Josh Jack should do it. Mm. Thank I'm you. I don't know what anymore. Thank you for Let's tuning see. in to another episode of Let's Drone Out.
1: Thank you, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let's Drone Out. <laughs> it's you, too long.
0: Tonight you've been joined by. Uh,
1: tonight you've been joined by Andrew slash Frank. Andrew slash Frank. Goodbye. And,
0: Andy RC. <laughs> Andy RC. <Arce.
1: laughs> <laughs>
0: Say goodbye, Andy R C. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. Good, <laughs> goodbye, and, and you and you solder, oh. not solder. God, it is I'll literally right one on
1: step from. I get right on that. This is fascism, really.
4: Joshua this, this, Bardwell.
1: Joshua Bardwell. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> nice to see. You.
0: My little Tony.
2: My little Tony. Bonjour. sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm having that as that, when I turn that, off my trainers. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I was gonna say that's
1: a Tyrannis yeah. audio thing. Um, curry kitten, curry kitten. Goodbye. This one. is surreal.
0: And I've been bright until I fly, or Jack. Uh,
1: I've been bright until I fly, or Jack. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Thank you and good night.
3: <laughs> Telemetry lost.